4: I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Jack Webb stars as Private Eye, Pat Novak for Hire from 1949, but first... Lisa Wolf Dylan is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home, right, Lisa?
5: Yeah, so I'm going to defer to Mike and see what he thinks in terms of your answers, correct or incorrect. What do you think, Mike? We've I think you're going to get
4: all of these. Wow. Really? Man. Yeah. All right. I don't.
5: Well, what do they start with? The letter T. We've T. talked about that already. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. the letter T,
5: but it's not, it's not, not tie, tie a, a yellow, yellow ribbon, ribbon around the exactly. old
4: tree. Okay. Right. All right, let's see All right, what, let's see what go I can do here. One. Okay, let me take so a provo Hang now a second. Yeah. I take a provo I
5: remember I'm going to skip the titles as they naturally <sighs> occur within the text. Those provo are good. Did you hear anything I just what? said?
4: Hello. Hello, what?
5: I said, never mind. Let's just okay, begin. Okay, let's start. The first thing that I'd like to do is yeah. to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. Spend I, them with you. If I could make personally. days last forever. If words could make yeah. wishes come true, true, I'd save every day like a treasure, and then again I would spend them with you.
4: Spend them with you.
5: But there never seems to be. But enough there time never
4: seems to be enough time.
5: To do the, to things, do the things you want to do. You want
4: to do. Once you find them. Once you them. find them.
5: I've looked around enough to know. Looked
4: around enough to know. Yeah. <laughs> that you're the one that I want to go through time I want to go through time with.
5: Still nothing. If I had a box Time in a Bottle a... That's it Time in a Bottle Jim Crouchy
4: Time in a Bottle so ah. One. Time so in one. a Bottle
0: Great song. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that so I'd so like sad. to
5: do It's like bittersweet Yeah Is to say every, every day And cry Until <laughs> passes titty
2: titty away Makes me
5: want to cry Don't cry, let it out No Just let it out make days last forever Never. if words could make come true i'm trying to get a record gig out of this day, like i mean we're on like you know
4: hundreds of radio stations i know there's record Beats producers for the stars, there are record producers out there there are i need to be discovered yeah. you know all right let's go we're to the right. next one we're i got done. one hang she on a did. second Did I do that yet? Did I ding ding yet? You got
5: it, ding ding. All right. Okay. Here's the next song. Well, I'm running down the road. I'm running down the road, trying trying to to loosen my load. load. I got got seven seven women
4: on my mind. mind. Yeah.
5: Four that want to own me. me. Two Two that want to
4: stone me. me. One, one, she's a friend of mine. mine. Take it easy. There it is. Take it easy,
5: the eagle. Take
4: it easy. Trying to loosen my load I got seven women on my mind Four that wanna owe me Two that wanna stole me so Says a friend of mine Take it easy Take it easy Happen to love you. Don't let the sound of your own wheels Drive you crazy See, a little less, a few lessons You know, intense lessons Right And I could maybe... And then if you, like, you know, auto-tuned me and nice. put me in the shower. At the same time, yeah. right? You Auto-tun- could do your recording sessions in your bathroom. Being auto-tuned in the shower after right. some intense lessons. That might I work. I think it could pass. I could that pass. might work. That might work. And then on a mono you know, record.
5: Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't Keep want, shooting for the stars, You wouldn't Cara. want stereo. you want Manaural. <laughs> That's funny. Take it
4: easy. All right, next. All right, this one's a little t- more difficult. Hang on a second. Two for two.
5: You know, Mike, this one's more difficult because the title is you know, huh, throughout what, the that, text, that. so it might be a little more difficult to so get right. this one across. Okay, I could, I might, I'm going to try
4: to make uh, Mike's prediction uh, correct. I'm trying to get three. Okay. Well, that's a rarity. So and that starts with like a, T a radio also. rarity. Three starts with a T. It
5: it sure does, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: a silent T, but it does.
5: No, it's not a silent the, T. The. It's a th. Okay, well, sound whatever. Okay, would yes, you English know English major? <laughs> would you know my name?
4: Would you know my name?
5: Would it be the same?
4: Would it be the same?
5: I must be strong. Must be strong. And carry on. Because I on. know I don't belong. Mm. Would you help me stand? I'll find my way through the night and day. Because I know I just can't stay. Time can bring you down. Time can bend your knees.
4: Is it called time?
5: Time can break your heart. Mm. Have you Begging, please. Begging, please. Beyond the door, there's peace, I'm sure, and I know there'll be no more. There's the title. Mm. But the word of the title is, you know, throughout the text. So That's I had to skip those to lines. tougher to do because. I know it is.
4: Trying to get a flow here. You know? I,
5: I know there's but no you, flow. you skipped two lines. Yeah, you skipped two lines. I did? Lisa, yeah.
4: Mike said you skipped Where? two lines. Yeah. I'll start over. She wants me to lose. No, no,
5: I don't. Look, would you know my name? Would you know my name? But I can't give the next line. Would it be the same? Would it
4: be the same?
5: I must be strong.
4: I must be strong.
5: And carry on. And carry on. Because I know I don't belong.
4: Carry on. And then I carry on it. my way, <laughs> Would you hold
5: my hand?
4: There'll be peace and when you I said all this, right?
5: Would you help me stand? Then, oh,
4: I didn't think you said that. I'll, I'll find my way.
5: find my way. Through night and day. Because mm-hmm. I know I just can't stay. See? It is. I can't Time can bring it, you evening. down. Till Time can bend your knees. What?
4: No, I don't know it.
5: You know the song, but it's really hard with the flow. Well, because you had got to pick
4: a song that has... Oh,
5: I picked an excellent song. No. This is my fault. Yeah. Because I didn't pick well, a song that has good flow. you
4: can't do a flow with it.
5: There's plenty of opportunity here to pick up on the song. Uh, I don't know it. Okay, that's okay. Two I, or don't, three. I don't know it. Cause two out of three ain't, ain't bad, bad. Alright, play listen. it, I guess
4: Would
6: you know my
5: name?
4: Yep, Tom, uh, this is Tom Petty I mean, uh, not Tom Petty This is, uh, don't tell me I won't This is, uh, gosh This is one of my favorites mm-hmm.
5: Guitar player That's why I thought you'd know it Just cause you me know too. his song But I knew it was a tough one
4: Why am I, uh, give me his
5: initials. No. Give me his initials. Either you know it or you don't. Just give me his initials. That'll give it away.
4: Give me his initials.
5: It's, it's, it'll give it just away. Just initials. You, you'll, it's okay,
4: it's fine. Give me the initials.
5: E C. Okay, Eric Clapton. <laughs> told you, give it away. So? It's Tears in Heaven. Yeah,
4: Tears in Heaven. Right, but Great every, song. you know,
5: few lines, there's a, you know, in heaven, so I skipped the heaven part. Would you hold My. It's a beautiful song.
4: Gorgeous song. And sad. Very yeah, sad. Another sad. I must have well, been wrote like, this depressed because this week of his son. <laughs> passing when I chose away. these songs. His son, his son died tragically and he wrote this song about his son. Correct. Yep.
5: These are all kind of downers. Songs. i'm gonna have to be a little more positive next week try please <laughs> try to keep my chin up all right well
4: great songs lisa Thanks, thank you so Tom. much they really are thank you mike when we come back it's pat novak for higher stick around
6: just...
0: more hollywood 360 after these important messages
5: Now back to the best in classic
4: radio on Hollywood 360. All right, time for Pat Novak for Hire. This was a great detective drama, and it was only heard on the West Coast and uh, broadcast out of KGO San Francisco in 1946. A little later in 1949, it then went national. But for the first few years, only heard on the West Coast. Jack Webb starred as Pat Novak with scripts by his roommate at the time, Richard L. Breen. The series was set on the San Francisco waterfront uh, where Pat Novak rented boats and did odd jobs for money. So he really wasn't like an official detective, but he was an amateur detective. And Novak would uh, take on a job, and usually he'd find himself in trouble with the police. Inspector Hellman hated him, and he was played by his good pal, Raymond Burr. They worked together on a lot of stuff. And when Pat needed advice, he went to Jocko Madigan, a drunken ex-doctor. Maybe you might have known him,
5: you oh, know, in your for day. For sure, if he was drunk. <laughs> you know,
4: Suter Owen played uh, Jocko Madigan. Anyway, great series. Uh, when L- Webb left for um, another series, Johnny Madero, then Dragnet, Ben Morris took over as uh, the lead role. But this is called Georgie Lampson. It stars Jack Webb. June twelfth, nineteen forty nine. Great episode. Here's Pat Novak for Hire.
1: Pat Novak for Hire.
2: Sure, I'm Pat Novak for Hire. That's what the sign out in front of my office says, Pat Novak for hire. Oh, sure, you can spell it 50 different ways, but down on the waterfront in San Francisco, it all means the same thing. You pay and I'll do, and the customer's always right if he's got an open wallet. Then I'll match it with an open mind, unless he's after murder, then the price gets out of range. And down here, you're either high on your toes or flat on your back, because most of the time you get only one kind of pitch, fast and inside, and you don't cry if you're foul because nobody cares. Even then, you can't complain. During the summer, the morgue's the coolest spot in town. Oh, I rent boats and wrap up small sins in $20 bills. The money's good when you get it, but there's no retirement plan, and you can't buy vaccination for trouble. I found that out last Wednesday night. I closed up shop about 8 o'clock, and I started walking home. The city was down on its hands and knees trying to crawl through one of those San Francisco hot spells that blast by every five years. From up on the hill, the Chinatown tenements lined up down below like sweaty little kids waiting for a shower. It was heat and headaches all the way. But when I opened my front door and stepped inside, who wanted to talk about the weather? She was standing in the dark, smoking a cigarette, and the silhouette her figure cut against the window was something you'd never believe. And she reached over and turned on a lamp. It was a fast, dizzy trip, but when I got around to her eyes, they were the kind that made you think of hard-working geysers, deep and warm. And You knew you could count on some fast action when they came to a boil. The smile was familiar, and the lips were red and moist, like a souped-up rose waiting for a bee. Uh, She did lots of nice things with her mouth, and talking was one of them.
6: Patsy, welcome home. It's been a long time.
2: Yeah, it's good to see you, Georgie. What's on your mind?
6: Patsy, can't you ever take
2: your time? It's not mine, it's borrowed. Anything special in mind? Mm
6: -hmm. Easy business. Got a drink?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. How easy?
6: Just a boat ride. You can't get hurt.
2: That's what they told the Spanish Armada.
6: Getting soft, Patsy? No, not
2: in the head. Now, look, if it's work, let's talk. Otherwise, let's just be cute,
6: huh? All right, Patsy. The last time you saw me was a year ago. As far as you know, I'm not in town. Fine?
2: You tell me. Go on.
6: Tomorrow night, a freighter's due in here from Shanghai, the SS Calcutta. I want to be on the welcoming committee.
2: Who says you can't?
6: Nobody yet. But the ship's going to anchor in the stream, so I need a boat, and I need you.
2: I'm not the social type. I don't think I'll go.
6: Believe me, Patsy, it's an easy trip.
2: So is falling downstairs. Come on, let's deal her drink.
6: All right, Patsy. My stepmother's going to meet the Calcutta, too. Who's she? Mrs. Sheila Lampson.
2: She likes parties?
6: She likes a package she's going to get from somebody aboard the Calcutta. Huh? What's in it? That's her business. I just want to make sure she gets that package ashore all right. You in on it? She doesn't even know I'm in town.
2: Who picks up the check?
6: Here. Will $40 cover it.
2: It's too much for an easy job and not enough for a hard one. Where do I find you if I need bail?
6: Here's a phone number. You can call me there tomorrow. And Patsy, thanks. I don't forget easy.
2: Why the rush?
6: Because you scare me, Patsy. You really scare me. You remember the party, Patsy?
2: Yeah, but memories are like everything else. They wear out.
6: Then let's make some new ones, Patsy. Patsy.
2: A little later, I stood at the door and watched her move down the hall toward the stairs. The white dress she had on was plain enough, but it didn't have a mind of its own. It just did what it was told and tried to behave, but Georgie and nature wouldn't let it. There was only one catch in seeing Georgie. She always left too soon, like a small bottle of fine whiskey. Well, it must have been a good five minutes after she left when I heard the buzzer. I was looking for the white dress when I opened the door, but I was looking the wrong way. Ooh. Ooh. Something with an echo and it came down hard on the side of my head. I went down like mercury in a quick freeze. The trip wasn't nice, but it was long. Halfway there, I came up for breath, and I found the deck of one of my own boats under me. The Bay Bridge lights were still around, and that made it kind of cozy. When my eyes got in focus, the smooth-looking bundle laid out next to me shaped up like Georgie Lampson. She wasn't looking her best. I had just enough time to remember a pair of women's shoes standing next to my face, and then I must have moved, and they punched my ticket for a return trip. The next time I opened my eyes, I was looking up at the lights on Pier 19. Oh, the shoes were still there, but this time they were black. And the feet inside squashed out wide and flat like tired beefsteak. That meant only one thing. Hellman from Homicide.
1: You can stop playing mouse, Novak. Get up. The party's over.
2: Yeah, Hellman. I thought they'd never go home.
1: Your boyfriend here isn't talking.
2: Was he bashful?
1: Yeah, Novak. He's real shy. He's dead. Who is he?
2: That's what you get paid for. What about the girl that was here?
1: County Hospital. You better pray she makes it, Novak. Because you like Blonde's Hellman? Because nobody beats two murder raps, Novak. Now you talk funny. So does this Hunkle Lead Pipe. Your prints are all over it.
2: What does that make me, a plumber?
1: Better than that, Novak. The pipe fits the dent in that guy's skull like it grew there.
2: Well, maybe he's the plumber.
1: You're smart, Novak. Now, come on, who's the guy and who is the dame?
2: She's Georgie Lampson, the guy I don't know. You will, Novak. We'll take care of that. Oh, you try hard, don't you, Helman? You move your lips when you read, you use your fingers when you count, but you never get the right answers. Don't tell me, Novak, I'm not my cherry best in the morning. You don't have a best, Hellman. You tried thinking once, but it gave you a headache. Now when you get in a squeeze, you have to pound your way out with your fists.
1: <laughs> I warned you, Novak. Now talk
2: nice and save teeth. Yeah. I'll talk when that blonde tells her story. If she makes the grade, how does she figure? She met me in my apartment last night on business. Five minutes after she left, the doorbell rang. When I answered it, somebody sapped me. Now, you take it from there. Yeah, I will. Right to the DA. Go ahead, Hellman, but don't look hurt when the case blows up in your face. you giving odds? That's all I'm giving, Hellman. You figure it. I took the gal and this girl I don't even know for a ride at three in the morning. We had a party, and I killed the guy. But the gal I only messed up good because I like the way she talks. You
1: sound scared, Novak. Well, I'm not,
2: Hellman, but you are because it doesn't add. Why did I beat my skull with that same hunk of pipe, and how did I drive back here to meet you?
1: Keep your mouth open, smart boy. They got a little green room up at San Quentin. Gets awful stuffy when they close the
2: door. Well, after I left Hellman, I figured I'd had a bumper crop of trouble for one day. The sun was just beginning to stagger up over the Berkeley Hills when I caught a cab uptown. On the way, I stopped off for coffee and a 6 a.m. chronicle at one of those little Greek joints off Geary Street. The windows were blind with grease and the light was bad, but the reading was money from home. The story made me stop counting the lumps on my head. Professor Burton Lampson He'd gotten himself murdered in a Shanghai hotel room a month ago and they were sending his body back on the SS Calcutta. It was due to anchor in the bay that night, like Georgie said, but the shipping page didn't agree. The Calcutta was listed inside the gate at 7.30 the night before. How did that check out? And what about that package that had everybody worried? Well, when I got back to my apartment, I called the hospital to check on Georgie. Well, they were still giving odds, the long, thin kind. A little later, I was in the middle of a cold shower, adding up rows of zeros and getting different answers every round when the phone rang. It was Hellman, and he was selling nothing but smiles. You feeling any better, Novak? Oh, don't tell me you're worried. We just identified the
1: dead guy. His name's Warren Haynes, local social lad. you. Know
2: him? Yeah, I'm an old friend of the family's.
1: The guy's from one of the old families in town, the important
2: kind. His blood wasn't blue. No, but we are. We're feeling the pressure already, so I'm calling you in today for a little talk. That's a great job, Helm. You keep right on smacking your fat lips because you're going to get more answers than questions. That's funny, Novak. I didn't think you knew the difference. When I hung up the phone, I was seeing more red than the bleachers of a bullfighting. I probably would have walked right by him if he didn't open his mouth. Even then, it wasn't much more than a loud squeak. He was a skinny guy standing against the door with a half-smile, twisting his mouth and a bright, wild look in his eyes.
0: You seem disturbed, Mr. Novak.
2: Where's your invitation, mister?
0: This should prove sufficient, Mr. Novak.
2: All right, so you want a gun. What happens now? Now, Mr. Novak, i use the gun unless you hand over the package. Sorry, mister, you're in the wrong laundry. Mr. Novak, I've been crossed once today. I don't intend it shall happen twice. The package... Now, look, you, I'm going to spell it again. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, take that can you're pointing and I think
0: you'll realize I'm about to use this gun, Mr. Novak, for the last time. All right, all right.
2: We'll find it right over there. Now, here, right next to the... Now, come on, give me that gun before somebody gets hurt!
4: You know, I have about a dozen of these episodes, Pat Novak for Hire, and I only have maybe four or five of them that sound like this. This is really good sound. Unfortunately, there's just not very many that exist, and the ones that do are not good quality. So. To have something like this sound this good and in you know, a Pat Novak for hire is very rare, and um, but we can thank the great Mike Estella because he's in that bubble bath cleaning these discs and making them sound as good as he possibly can. Um, did a great job on this, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> he's just like thank you. <laughs> Georgie Lampson is the name of this episode. Uh, June twelfth, nineteen forty-nine, Pat Novak for hire Jack Webb, and you hear the very deep voiced Raymond Burr. As Inspector Hellman, he would of course later play Perry Mason on TV. And Ironside. People forget Ironside, too. All right, we'll be right back.
5: I'm still
4: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. If you want a podcast, the full five-hour podcast of Hollywood 360 sent to your email every Monday, we add Radio Rarities to it, a podcast that Lisa and I co-host. And we put that right on the podcast along with the five-hour Hollywood 360 show. All you have to do is sign up, go to our website, hollywood360radio.com hollywood360radio.com, or call 815-900-7535. Someone will answer the call and answer your questions. If they do not answer, just leave your name and telephone number. Someone will get back to you and help you sign up for the podcast. Uh, We have lots and lots of people that get the podcast sent to them every Monday so they never miss a single moment of our 5-hour Hollywood 360 show and why would you want to miss any of it And
5: right? of course they don't miss Radio Rarities Yeah Radio which Rarities is, too uh, really a special special yeah, podcast special, there's nothing right. else like it It's special all right Or as you would say it's tremendous It is tremendous See Yeah Yeah
4: So there you go hollywood360radio.com We're listening to Pat Novak for hire this is called Georgie Lampson from June 12, 1949, stars Jack Webb. Here's the conclusion.
2: He stood there for a minute, shaking his head as if he wanted to go back and wipe five minutes from his life. All of a sudden, he jerked around on his tracks and he stumbled for the door like a timid drunk when you tell him he's had enough. Then he folded up hard against the wall on his knees, but it was a little too late for prayers. I stood there for a minute trying to think of a good lawyer who owed me money, but all I could see was a courtroom and a picture of Hellman smiling as he listened to the verdict. Well, accident or not, if Hellman dropped in with a body on the floor, he'd bury me so deep in San Quentin he'd be bringing me air and paper bags. When the knot in my stomach untied, I dragged the little guy away from the door and I rolled him on his back. His eyes were still asking for the package, but the rest of them didn't care. Outside of a few bucks, his wallet was empty, not even a laundry tag. Well, I got dressed and I pulled the blinds and locked the place up. And then I went out to look for the only honest guy I know, an ex-doctor by the name of Jocko Madigan. I was a fine surgeon until something made him decide life was temporary at best. Now he's got a permanent post on a bar stool looking for answers at the bottom of whiskey bottles. Well, it's hard on the liver that way, but you're never short on dreams. I finally found him with a bourbon halo and a musty little Italian joint over in North Beach. It was a long stretch from Easter Monday, but he was still celebrating Irish independence. He looked like he was on the wrong side because his nose was a bright orange.
0: Yeah. Ah. See, my boy, you're just in time. These simple but honest Sicilians have agreed to embark with me on a crusade. And as honorary past president of the Sons of St. Patrick, the uh, Powell Street chapter, I invite you to join us. Come on, Jocko, sober up. I got to talk to you. To fittingly observe the occasion of old era's joyful victory, we're first fortifying ourselves with grappa and bushminnels. Then we sally forth to chase all the snakes out of Long Beach and the cockroaches out of Chinatown. How does that strike you, Patsy? And uh, why aren't you smiling? Tis a glorious day. Because I'm in a jam and I want to talk, Jocko. Now cut it. Oh, Patsy, you remind me of that devilera fellow. You're sitting on the curb and pouting just because they won't let you march in front of the band in the victory parade. You're sour, Patsy. Admit it, Jocko. Will you snap out of it? I'm in big trouble. You're always in trouble, Patsy. You're a child of adversity, a son of scorn. The fate spit in your eye and you try to retaliate, but the wind's always blowing in the wrong direction. You're a lost leaf in the mortal storm, Patsy. You're a pebble shaking a tiny fist at the mountain. You'd like to fight for some strange, fantastic cause, wouldn't you, Patsy? But you can't find anybody your size. Men are too small and the gods are too big. Patsy, you're lost. Are you all through? Yeah. What kind of trouble? Oh, it's a pair of bum
2: murder rats, Jocko. Somebody sapped me in my apartment last night and I woke up this morning with a dead guy. That sounds
0: interesting, uh... What was it you were drinking? Hellman's out to pin this on me. Oh, a dubious honor. You uh, mentioned two murders. A guy came in my apartment this morning waving a gun and
2: asking for a package that I never heard of. We started wrestling for the gun. Uh, Mildly exciting.
0: Who got it? He did, right in the chest. Patsy, you have absolutely no excuse for losing your temper. Why, you're not even Irish. Still, you're always getting hot-headed at the wrong time. It was an accident, Jocko. I didn't even know the guy. I'm sorry, but I can't cry. Sure, that's what the British general said after he hung Robert Emmett at the dock. But he didn't straighten out the Marcel in his neck. What are you doing out of jail? Well, you knock it off, Jocko. Now, look, did you ever hear of a Mrs. Sheila Lampson? Certainly, and uh, I'm very offended with her. In the past year, she set up drinks for every eligible and non-eligible in San Francisco except me. That sounds good. What else? Not much, but I often wonder what that poor old professor she married does with his evenings. He stop worrying, Jocko. He's dead.
2: Now, look, will you hop down to the Chronicle Morgue and check with Steve Nagel? Have him dig out all the old clips on the professor and Mrs. Lampson, will you? And while you're there, check on a guy by the name of Warren Haynes. You got that? Yes, but
0: uh, what do I do for money? Half a buck for car fare and nothing for booze. Patsy, surely you're jesting. Jocko, will you quit clowning and get going? If you say so, Patsy, but you've broken up a beautiful party. My Sicilian friends have gone to sleep and I'm thirsty again. Let's have four or five for the road, shall we? Later, Jocko. Oh, all right, Patsy, but only for you. Uh, By the way, where can I find you? I'm going to tag by the county hospital, and then I'm going to look up Sheila Lampson. If I remember the story correctly, Patsy, you'd better reverse your schedule. Good night, lover.
2: When I left Jocko, I tagged by Mama Lupo's on Kearney Street, and I called the hospital again. Oh, Georgie was a little better. At least the undertakers had stopped bidding. Mama Lupo clouded up for a storm when I asked to borrow her new car for a couple of hours, but a few pats and a pinch, and she was all giggles and car keys. Ten minutes later, I was fighting traffic on Potrero Avenue. The south wind out there brought the slaughterhouses right into your front seat. I found the hospital out on the far edge, and it was a nice-looking pile of dirty red brick. The nurse in the ward didn't believe I was Georgie's brother until I asked her if she was busy Saturday night, Then she saw the resemblance right away. I found Georgie behind a couple of screens at the end of the ward. And for a dying woman, she looked pretty good. She smiled a little when she saw me, like she was saving it for a bigger try later on. Patsy, I'm glad you made it. Look, I'm going to keep it short, baby. Who was it last night?
6: Sorry, Patsy. Big deal.
2: You can't tell her, you won't. Can't, Patsy.
6: Later I will.
2: And that package, same deal? Same. Well, I got a deal too, Georgie, a murder rap. They want to hang it on me. Who was it? Warren Haynes, do you know him?
6: I remember. Good corpse.
2: Now look, you're slicing it awful thin for 40 bucks, Georgie. Patsy. Patsy, trust me. No choice, baby. You're driving. Don't go through any red lights.
6: I oh, will Patsy. Telephone, Mr. Novak. I said it was urgent.
2: That's it, Georgie. I'll see you later. Yeah. Having a good time, Novak? You know any phone numbers besides mine, Hellman? Not today, bright boy. You near a streetcar, or do I send a chauffeur? What's your beef? Our beef,
1: Novak. We'd like it fine if you paid us a visit real soon.
2: Sorry, Hellman. Book solid. Command
1: performance, Novak. I wouldn't
2: disappoint you. What's the matter, Hellman? You want it in blood? I told you I don't know anything about last night. I never saw Haynes before. You got me wrong, Novak. This one's about a knife. We just found it in your office down on the waterfront. That's fine. Peel yourself an apple and keep busy. You better come down, Novak. We found the knife in some guy's back. <laughs> Houdini couldn't get out of that one in two hours with both hands and a can of olive oil. It was like chasing cyanide with a bucket of brandy. Well, it tastes bright, but it's only a matter of time. Well, I headed for Sheila Lampson's place, and on the way, I pulled up by a drugstore out in the Heat Street jungles and called the Chronicle Morgue. They said Jocko had just left, so I called the nearest bar and asked if they had a customer with a bright orange nose. They did. Jocko Madigan speaking. Jocko, this is Novak. What'd you find out?
0: Ah, Patsy. Just enjoying a small refresher after some very excellent
2: reading. For instance? Sheila Howard Lampson. She started seeing the professor back in 46. There was a scandal, the, the nasty kind. And the professor's first wife, Barbara, jumped off the
0: bridge. The uh, Bay Bridge. Yeah, go on. A month after she married the professor, Sheila was mentioned in every gossip column in town. So, the professor took off on a scientific trip to China. A month ago, he was murdered in a Shanghai hotel, and a hat full of emeralds was stolen. The authorities figured that the murder was premature.
2: What do you mean? Well, the professor had had three major operations, and at the time of the murder, he had less than a week to go. What about Haynes? Haynes is one
0: of those black sheep that wealthy families have, uh, cut off without a penny. He's one of Sheila Lamson's escorts, and he's now on his way back from the Orient on the SS Calcutta. Anything else?
2: Jocko, I could kiss you.
0: Patsy, you stick to your line, and I'll stick to mine.
2: Well, the puzzle was still a sack full of holes and question marks, but at least Jocko's leads had a little juice in them. I found the Lampson house in the best part of the Seacliff district. It was one of those big nervous joints hanging by its shutters to the side of a steep drop that slid down sharp into the Pacific. All green trim and stucco the color of mortgages. The front doorbell was wearing out in my hand when the maid showed up. And then she was tongue-tied. She didn't know a thing except good money when it was offered. And then she told me I'd find Mrs. Lampson in the second floor sitting room. She went away. I found the sitting room all right, but Mrs. Lampson wasn't there. So I followed on through till I came to a bedroom with a bright red ceiling and a lived-in feeling. Reminded you of something Henry VIII might order for a bridal suite. She was sitting next to the couch holding a martini and making noises like a leopard on a honeymoon.
3: Hello. You can call me baby.
2: Yeah. You always wear handkerchiefs to parties?
3: Mm-hmm. Saves time. Dressing. You're nice. Have a drink? I'll fix them. Oh, you are nice. What's your name?
2: Novak, what's yours?
3: <laughs> Duty. Is
2: that a name or a game?
3: <laughs> You're just like Mike. He's my new boyfriend.
2: This is night off?
3: Oh, no. He just went downstairs for a minute. <coughs> hey. You fix a nice drink, Mr. Novak. Warm.
2: Yeah. You got a fever or something?
3: No. Must be the weather, Mr. Novak. You feel it?
2: You're a big spender, aren't you? What do I do when Mike walks in? Smile.
3: Oh, Mike's broad-minded. How about Sheila? You fix a good drink, Mr. Novak. You ask a lot of questions,
2: too. Yeah, well, that's because I like answers. Now, what about Sheila?
3: Hey, if you're going to get rough, I'll call Mike. All
2: right, all right.
3: I'm Sheila's sister, and it's much better when you're nice to me.
2: All right, then let's start being nice, huh? <sighs> Mr.
3: Novak. Mr. Novak. What was that for?
2: I'm a big spender, too. Here, have another drink.
3: I think maybe I'll have another you, Mr. Novak. Is that Mike coming upstairs?
2: Could be, baby. Now, come on. Where's Sheila? Oh,
3: Sheila, Sheila. Who cares? She's downtown,
2: anyway. She won't know. Sheila? Hey, where are you going? Sorry, baby. I got a date. I'm not busy. Well, I do. Don't let him leave, Mike. If
1: he does, he's going to walk through me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, baby. He's not my type. Mike was a tall, wide package, so I gave him a bargain offer. He didn't fold after two, but he had a kind of hurt look in his eye when I hit him the third time, like I didn't know he could take a hint. When he wound up and hit the floor, every window in the house rattled, and I figured the Berkeley seismograph got a cheap thrill. I made it as far as the front door when I heard a car pull up in the driveway. When I got to the window, a dame and a guy were getting out of a new Nash and heading for the door. The guy was a middle-class gunsel, but if the gal was Sheila Lampson, she made nice opposition. Well, I couldn't wait around to see. I finally managed to make my apartment without having one of Hellman's men pick me up, and when I got in, Jocko was just pouring himself another glass of green dreams and posing in the mirror like a man of distinction. The stiff was still there on the floor next to a glass of
0: ice water. Patsy, I don't approve of your choice of party guests. The guy's dead, Jocko. Oh. Well, in that case, I'll overlook it. This is the friend you were telling me about? When are you due at the gas chamber, Patsy? Any phone calls? Now that you mention it, yes. Hellman? Regularly on the quarter hour. Not very coherent, but I got the idea he's looking for you. Also a call from the hospital. They wanted to know the whereabouts of a Miss Georgie Lamson. What do you mean? It seems she disappeared a few hours ago from one of their wards. Oh. Patsy, you look worried. Uh, perhaps a sampling of this delicate dollar ambrosia would help. Uh, try it. No, thanks. Suit yourself, Patsy. Myself, I'm an old subscriber to the Socrates' plan of self-destruction. If you want it done right, do it yourself. Uh, by the way, uh, have you noticed our friend's hands lately? Huh? It looks like he's entertaining a scrap of paper in his right hand.
2: Yeah, I see it. Well,
0: let me see Uh... (laughs) here. Seems kind of stingy with it, doesn't he? Yeah. There, I got it. Uh Oh, an old envelope. Not even a coded letter to puzzle over. I'll settle for the address, Jocko. Take a look. Uh, Captain Edward Small, SS Calcutta, Paramount Line, Shanghai. Well, that's nice. Uh, Shall we have another drink? Later, Jocko. Right now, we haven't got the time. Mm. If that's who I think you dispatch, you're going to have lots of time. I'll just whip up a short one. Novak talking. Listen, smart boy, and listen hard.
1: This is for the last time. You check in here in ten minutes, or I'll send out on all points. Dead or
2: alive, Novak. All right, Hellman. There's a dead guy here in my apartment right now. His name's Captain Edward Small, off the Calcutta. I don't need any more bodies, Novak. I can hang you twice with what I got. All right, copper. But if you want your picture in the paper tomorrow, you can meet me out in Seacliff in 15 minutes. 48 Camino Drive. When I hung up the phone, most of the puzzle straightened out like wet wash in a dry wind. Well, there's one thing you can count on. When you bet on miracles, you buy a ticket straight through. I finally pulled up at the Lampson place, and I started looking around for Hellman. The joint looked about as crowded as a Kremlin breakfast for Senator Taft. I was taking a fast check trying to figure how far they could have gone when Hellman fought his way through the box hedge by the driveway. We circled down behind the garage and around and back of the house. We just made it in time for the curtain scene. Sheila Lampson was backing down slow toward the seawall, waving her arms in the air and begging every inch of the way. And Georgie stumbled after her like the avenging angel, and she had a gun. She had a coat tossed over her hospital gown, and the look in her eyes told the whole story. Tears and hate and lots of both. No,
3: Mike. No, Mike, you've got to stop her. She's crazy. She's crazy. She wanted to kill me.
2: What's so crazy about that?
6: You're sweet, Patsy, but you weren't invited. Don't get too close to the animals.
2: It's your gun, Georgie. Don't let it hang you. This is Hellman from Homicide.
6: No good, Patsy. This one's for me. Isn't it, Sheila? Georgie. Isn't it for me? Please, Georgie, don't. No, break! Stop her! Stop her before it's too late!
2: All right, girls, let's break it up.
6: Be good, Copper. You too, Patsy. It's
2: your neck; it won't look good stretched.
6: Please, Georgie. Don't eat her, Sheila. Not yet. First, I want to tell you how clever you are. How sweet you looked at my mother's funeral. How you ruined my father. How discreet with other men, Sheila. Hell oh, was magnificent. Georgie, Georgie, please! I didn't know, Georgie. I didn't know. it. I swear I'll make it up to you. Please. One other please. thing, Sheila. Listen to me, Sheila. Those emeralds you've got. The ones you sent Haynes to Shanghai for. The ones he killed my father for. They were glass, Sheila. Ten-cent green glass. You hear, Sheila? Glass. Please. Georgie, please.
2: Georgie, watch her. Sheila's got a gun. Patsy. <laughs> Patsy. Take it easy, baby. you got a long trip.
6: She's dead. Isn't she, Patsy? She's dead.
2: She didn't die, baby. With that much lead, she sank.
6: It
2: burns, Patsy.
6: It burns.
2: It'll cool. The fog's starting to come in.
6: Remember the party, Patsy?
2: Yeah, I remember.
6: Then say it, Patsy. Please say it now. Say it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Georgie, I'd say it but you're not listening. We found a letter in Georgie's coat pocket that told most of the story, and then Hellman grabbed Mike and Sheila's sister and sweated the rest out of them. Well, it wasn't a pretty story, but it moved. When Sheila spent the professor broke and he checked out over in China, Georgie decided to blow the whistle on her. She made up that phony yarn about the emeralds and then she let Haines murder her father and walk off with them. They were glass. To make it look good, Haynes played pallbearer and took the boat back with the body. But not before Georgie tipped the captain and the first mate about that sack of emeralds Haynes was supposed to have. So they went to work. They robbed Haynes and planted a fake for a fake. It was a real cat and mouse game. Georgie only made one mistake, but sometimes that's all it takes. She flew back here a few days before the Calcutta got in so that she could be around for the payoff. One of Sheila's pals must have spotted her and trailed her to my place. And then the sapping started. That was the same night the Calcutta got in and people started checking packages and pulling triggers. When Sheila found her package was a fake, she figured Haynes was being cute, so he got it first. And then she went out after that original fake. She tried to double up and hang Haynes' body on me and get rid of Georgie at the same time. But Georgie didn't die easy. I don't know how the captain got on to me. Probably through Sheila. But her gunsel friends took care of the first mate with a knife when he got anxious. Well, when the dust lifted and they counted cold noses, it was a real devil's game. Wherever he was, Georgie's old man must have been holding his sides and rolling in the aisles. Yeah, a real plum. And Sheila found out when you get close enough to the seed, the taste gets bitter. Well, Hellman asked only one question. How come a smart girl like Georgie bought something as stupid as revenge? I don't know. She was a lot better at a lot of other things.
1: At Novak for Hire was previously released by ABC, the American Broadcasting Company, for listeners in the United States and rebroadcast for our men and women overseas. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.
4: That is Pat Novak for Hire June 12th, 1949 Georgie Lampson case starring Jack Webb along with Raymond Burr. Also in the cast, Lillian Bayef and Tudor Owen with George Fenneman announcing. And George Fenneman, of course, was Groucho Marx's sidekick for so many years on You Know About Your Life, right? Say it as word and divide it by $100. Um, yeah, great, great episode. Uh, Too bad we don't have more of those in in really good quality. Pat Novak for hire. Lisa, how's the aroma wines over there? Did you finish both? Oh, they're gone.
5: Yeah, it's been a long night. Finished them off. (laughs) I'll have to replenish for next week. You didn't even
4: give me one, one sip. Of that.
5: Well, you have to drive home.
4: Oh, that's true. I do not. That's true. Right. Alright, time for this month in music history. Alright, so
5: this song spent five weeks, weeks at the top of the charts in 1979. Beep beep. beep, beep. beep,
4: beep. Bad girl.
5: Bad girl. Who's it's Donna singing. Summer. Donna Summer. Bad girl. Who left the cake out in the rain. <laughs> Bad girl. Talking about bad bad
4: girls.
5: Yeah. See them
4: out on the streets at
5: night. Can you just hear this at the little disco club? Oh
4: man. <laughs> you know how many times I danced to this song? I can't
5: imagine. In my
4: in my leisure suit. <laughs> with my I had like a like a light tan leisure suit with a brown silk shirt. Oh. And that um, it wasn't
5: real silk.
4: Yeah, and then platform <laughs> shoes. Sure. So I was
5: I'm sure you're three 5'3 with those platform yeah. <laughs> shoes on. A <laughs> couple inches <laughs> extra there. <laughs>
4: uh, oh, yeah. Those were the days. I know. Galaxy it. discotheque. But
5: we didn't know those were the days. That's yeah. the problem. The
4: Galaxy discotheque. Oh. Man, that was a long time ago.
5: Oh, it sure Woo. was. Sad
4: girl. All right.
5: Thanks, Lisa. Sure.
4: More of Hollywood 360 after this.
1: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
4: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Join us next week for another edition of Hollywood 360. We'll present Dragnet, the Great Gildersleeve, the Cavalcade of America, Dangerous Assignments, and the Hall of Fantasy. Be sure to visit our official website, at hollywood360radio.com. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costella, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe out there, be healthy, and truly, truly thanks for listening.